All right, the book of James chapter 1, the book of James chapter number 1, we're going to begin to read with verse 1, James chapter 1, beginning to read with verse 1 tonight, we're reading over the verses we've already preached on over the past five or six weeks, and uh, going to settle in tonight on verse number 5, James chapter 1. And beginning to read with verse number 1. When you come to your place, if you will, if you find it, you can stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. And uh, like I say, but many times it's not because I'm reading it, but it's because it's His Word. That's the reason we ought to honor the reading of God's Word. James chapter 1, and beginning to read with verse number 1. The Bible said, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege tonight that we can come back to the house of God. And Lord, you know our heart this evening. God, you know our feebleness. You know, God, our lack of ability even tonight to stand and to be a blessing. God, if there's any good thing going to have to happen here tonight, it's going to happen because you've ordained it and because you've endorsed it to take place. And I pray, oh God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you'll have your way here this evening. Lord God, that you'd move in our midst, dear God, that we could know that when we've left here, that we've sat under in the presence of the Holy God of heaven one more time. Thank you, Father, for what you've already done for us and Thank you, God, for what you're going to do for us. I pray, God, you would make preaching easy for us tonight. God, you'd help us to find the words to say that you might be pleased with. And yet, Lord, that those words that might give your people the most help tonight, I pray, God, you'd give me unction to preach the precious Word of God. Help me, Lord, to step aside and not take my, put my hands on your glory at all. But God, I promise to give you every bit of it if there's anything good takes place. God, it's because of you and I, you alone. Bless now, I pray and help those especially tonight that might be lost and in need of a Savior, dear God. I beg you to have mercy. I beg you to send the Holy Ghost their way. Help them, oh God, to see the need, the urgent need of trusting Jesus, getting born again. I do pray. Help those, Lord, that's not here, those that's unconcerned, those that's sick and other things. God, I pray you'd help in every case. And God, you just be God. Thank you for all that you're going to do in this service tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you, you can be seated. We've read, been in the book of James now for the past five or six weeks uh, or five or six Sundays that we've been preaching. I don't really know. It's maybe been uh, more than uh, just five or six. It seems like uh, maybe five or six to me, but anyhow, we're looking at, the, at the, this epistle that James has written unto the people. We know by studying that we have found out that, uh, that James is writing this epistle unto those that are of a 
uh, of Israel, those brethren he mentions and uh, that, that he that are of Israel, those that are scattered abroad, <clears throat> those that have been uh, persecuted, those that are encountering trials in their life at the time uh, that this is being written. This again, I'll say this, and I may say it the entire time, but this being the oldest uh, <clears throat> copy of the New Testament, the oldest book in the New Testament. There is there's no other book of the New Testament written earlier than the book of James was written. And uh, there, the church is encountering some drastic times. The church is the apostle or Saul of Tarsus has uh, he has uh, been threatening the church. The church is scattered abroad and uh, they're going throughout the world publishing and preaching the gospel. And wherever they go, they find themselves in turmoil. They find themselves in trouble. They find themselves in tribulation. It's just like us today. It seems like the more that you want to live for God, the more you want to do for the Lord, uh, you'll find yourself in more trouble. You'll find yourself being facing things that you never figured in your lifetime that you'd face. I know uh, that the easy believism crowd and the and the newfangled crowd today of of, of non-denominationalism, uh, and I know that we're on the on the air, and that don't scare me a bit when I come to that statement. Uh, I, I am what I am by the grace of God, and I'm I'm thankful for what I am. I'm not going to take Baptist off my sign. Amen. I am a Baptist, and I believe. Uh, if I wasn't a Baptist, I'd be ashamed. Hallelujah. Uh, that's what I'd be. I, and I am that. And I'm thankful for that privilege. And you say you're being pious about it. I don't be, want to be pious. But I do want to stand up and say I am, a, uh, I, I am not ashamed of what I am. All right. And uh, I believe that's the same thing that the church that was scattered abroad in these days. The reason they were suffering what they were suffering because they weren't ashamed of what they are. Amen. Now, I'm telling you today, you can't tell one from another. When you can't tell one from another, there's a, a reason that people want to take down the names off their signs and not be identified. is because they're ashamed of something. And God help me that I'll not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus nor the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first. And also to the Greek. So Paul is, or James is writing here unto these people. And we've studied over the past few weeks about these, these Jewish people, these Israelites, these Hebrews, if you will, that have been scattered abroad and how that, that tribulation has come their way. And we find that we've talked about how that their, uh, the trying of their faith would work patience, how that the Lord would take their, the, the opportunities that they had before them and and tried to grow them and, and, uh, and everything. And we looked last week by where the Bible said, but let patience have her perfect work, that, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, that God's got a purpose in growing us. God's got a purpose in making us something better for Him. And that's the reason we go through a lot of the things we go through. That's the reason we face a lot of the things we face. This newfangled crowd says that when you get saved, all your worries are over. All your troubles are over. Smile and joy, he'll, he'll stand over there and he'll tell you how, how, how that, that when you get saved, you're going to have all the money that you can want and, and you're going to have everything that you want, but that, that, uh, that, that dude's lying like something like something through his teeth. And, uh, and the Word of God plainly tells us different. The, 
these people at Jerusalem, these saints of God, had been born again and they were scattered because there was persecution that come their way. They were suffering. Tonight we want to look at this subject, if we can, just a little while, on the subject of education in suffering. Education in suffering. In verse number 5, look with me to the Word of God again, if you will. James said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask, God, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. When we're going through difficulties, what should we be praying about? There's the question. What should we be praying about when we're, when we're facing difficult times? James gives us the answer. In this verse, he gives us the answer. And the answer is, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. If there's anything that we need to be praying about in difficult times, then we need to be praying for wisdom. We need to be asking God for the help and the instruction and the ability to, to know what you are trying to teach me through the trials and the tribulations that I'm going through. I want to ask him a question now tonight. Have you ever discovered that you're not really as smart as what you once thought you were? You ever, want, you ever figured that out yet? If you hadn't figured it out yet, you will for long, okay? I used to know a lot more. I used to be a lot smarter than what I am now. Uh, okay, I, I was a lot younger and a lot more, a lot bigger idiot, you know, uh, uh, if you would have it that way. But, but when I was younger, I thought I knew everything. I thought I had the answers to life's questions. I thought I had everything figured out. And, and uh, they, would, they would, you know, it'd come along to, to things and you, you hear, uh, hear people make the statement that, well, a preacher, ignorance is a bliss. Well, I'm here to tell you that ignorance is not a bliss. It's not a bliss. Uh, it's hard to receive instruction when you think you know it all. Yes, all right. When you think you've got it all figured out, when you think you know everything, it's hard to learn anything. Well, I know, preacher. I, I know what I, I, you try to tell somebody something. Well, I, I know that. I understand that. But And I understand that. But no, you don't know. And, and, and for the person to say, that they do know everything and they have it figured out and they understand that they, if we were, we wouldn't be facing the things we sometimes face. Amen. Notice the first statement, if any of you, if any of you, if any of you. Now I don't believe that, Paul, that James is saying that there's some of you here that don't need wisdom. But I believe that James is letting us know here by the examination of our own self that if you think that you need wisdom, then I can give you the source that you can go to. I can give you the person that you need to go to. I can give you the, the, the reality. But the problem is, and the thing is, that there has to come a time when, first of all, that number one, you discover that you don't know what you thought you knew. When you realize that you don't know what you thought you knew. If any of you look at this, those next two statement words there, lack wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom. Well, 
Wisdom could be described as the application of knowledge. That's what one would say. Uh, but I, several years ago, me and my wife and I think Brother, Brother Dean went down, we heard Brother David Gibbs preach on a, uh, down there and he preached on this scripture here and there's no way I can do justice compared to what David Gibbs did on this scripture. There's no way that I could ever do it, do it justice at all. But Brother David Gibbs' definition of the word of wisdom is simply, it was astounding. It just, it so blows our mind. It's so, you got to be so smart to understand it, okay? And it's, it's so simple this, it's, it's just knowing what to do and when to do it. Wisdom, knowing what to do and when to do it. Now I was waiting when he was going to give us the definition of wisdom. I was waiting to write down some big long thing. I was, I was waiting to, to, to have my mind blown away and, and say wow. And then when that simple statement was made uh, and, and the, the truth that it came about, I said oh my goodness what truth there. Wisdom is knowing what to do. How many times did, do I say that I don't know what to do? And in those times that I do know what to do, but I don't know when to do it. But wisdom is to know what to do and when to do it. Why should we pray for wisdom? Why not pray for strength? Why not pray for grace? Or better than that, why not pray for deliverance? Why not? <laughs> Believe me, there have been times I've prayed for all of the above rather than praying for wisdom. There have been times I said, God, get me out of the situation. And basically when I'm crying out to God, at that time I'm finding myself that I'm wanting an escape. I'm wanting God. I need out. I need, I need help. I don't, I don't want to be here. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm drowning. I feel like I'm sinking deep. And God, I need help. I need you to get me out of what I'm facing. And God said, I'll put you here for a purpose. And you've come to this place for a reason. We need wisdom so that we will not waste the opportunity God's giving us to grow. As I told you this morning, I was talking to some of us in, 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 uh, in, in my study this past week, I was uh, reading some uh, uh, behind some men that I read behind, and, and one of them's Warren Wearsby, and he was talking about a lady that was his secretary at one time, and and that she was a very godly lady, a very spiritual lady, and she was, uh, I mean, tremendous, I mean, just a giant in the faith as far as uh, what a woman would be and what a, how a woman could be. She was a tremendous godly example of everything that you could imagine. And, and she had, uh, had, had, had her husband, she was in her 40s, her husband was in his 40s, and he tragically died with a stroke. And then, then all of a sudden, a week or two later, she began to come down, or a week or two before, she came down with some bad illness, and it was affecting her body. And, and uh, that, that, that the, her husband's wake, he said that, that I walked up to her, and, and Brother Wearsby said, and I called her by name, and I, and I said, Sister so-and-so, I just want you to know that I'm here for you, and that I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for God to deliver you from this thing. 
that you're in this trial and this situation that you're going through that sounds real good most of us would have said thank you preacher I sure do need that I sure need that prayer I sure need deliverance I sure need to get out of this place I'm in but she said preacher uh, before you, or, uh, rather than praying for all of that will you just pray that I'll have wisdom enough uh, uh, to learn from God what he's trying to teach me right now you see this thing about our life God don't want us to stay infants he don't want us to stay babies he don't want us to stay premature or immature he wants us to grow in the grace and in the knowledge in these things that we face they're not because God hates us and they're not because that we that we may always done something bad y'all remember the book in the book of John I believe it is chapter 9 I believe it's over there I believe that's where it's at and we find about a, a young man that was blind from birth um, and the disciples and Jesus went to him and the disciples saw him and they said Lord uh, is this, why, why is this man blind is it because of his sin or the sins of his parents uh, and the Lord answered them and said it's neither because of his sin nor the, the sins of his parents but it's that God could be glorified in his life and I guarantee you what happened uh, in the next little while that God got a whole bunch of glory uh, from his life he's the one answered and said whether he be a sinner or no that I know not but what I do know is I once was blind but now I see let me tell you something this evening that us by the grace of God when God puts you in places he don't put you there so you'll be miserable and so you will not learn but he puts you there so that by God's help and by his grace that we can come out stronger than what we were when we went in that's what God wants to do. You got to discover first of all though, there's the discovery uh, that we are not what we think we are. We're not what we think we are. We need wisdom. Now the if in that scripture and if any man like wisdom, it don't imply that some don't need wisdom. All men do. And in this world, we always will. When you get as wise as you think you can. Do y'all know the, who, who knows the wisest man's ever lived besides the Lord Jesus himself? Who? Solomon. Did he mess up? <laughs> so with all the wisdom he possessed, I believe he needed to possess more wisdom. Y'all agree? Uh, with all the wisdom that Solomon had, he needed more wisdom. With all the wisdom that you and I think we can get, and we have, we need more wisdom. You see, we don't need to think that, that we are above ever needing this. I've got things figured out, preacher. About the time I figure i got things figured out is when I fall flat on my face. About the time I figure out I know something is when I mess up real big, and it costs me, and it takes me a long time to get back where I need to be with God. You see, it's needed if we will be, uh, uh, be honored and exalted in the midst of, of our trial. God wants to be honored and, and, and exalted. And if He's going to be there, if He's going to be honored and exalted in the midst of our trials, we're going to have to have wisdom in order to honor Him and in order to exalt Him. We don't need to honor ourselves. We don't need to exalt ourselves. The Bible said that if we'll humble ourselves, then He will be exalted. What we need to do is come humbly before 
before God. And the Bible said that we don't need to be proud and arrogant and obnoxious before God, but come humbly. And now watch what God can do with us. Listen to me. We find that you got to, first of all, in the education of suffering, we need to discover that we need wisdom. And then number two, we need to have the desire. And I told you, I may not get past this one tonight, okay? There's three, two or three more after this, but I get, I've been hanging up here every chance I get on this, on this subject of desire. Listen to the Word of God. If any of you lack wisdom, notice the next three words, let him ask. Let him ask. Let him, I got to thinking about that, and I said, why wouldn't I get wisdom? When God said all I had to do was ask. Why wouldn't I get the help? You know what God wants to do? He wants to deliver wisdom. He wants to give, and I'm getting the cart ahead of the horse here just a minute, but, but He wants His people to be wise. He wants us to grow. God don't want us to stay baby Christians. The reason you don't understand your Bible is because you don't spend much time in it. <laughs> yeah, amen. It's that simple. Somebody said, well, I just can't understand that book because you don't spend no time in it. That book is alive. It's the living Word of God. That thing, let me tell you, the more time I spend in it, the more I can learn from it. The more I gain from it, the more I spend in the, the more time I spend in the Word of God. Hey, look, uh, I, I, if I don't want, if I don't want to, uh, to know anything about God, then I ain't going to read His Bible. So, Warren Wiersbe said this also. I'm sorry, he did not. Bob Sanders said this. He said, among the many things that plague the church today, the lack of desire is close to the top. Among the many things that plague the, local, the, the church today, the lack of desire. Would you just stop right now? And I'm not asking you to think about nobody in this house but you. there's anything that plagues your life more than the lack of desire you might need to be on the altar anyhow but I can tell you brother Dean that most of the troubles and most of the faults and most of the times I get in the shape I'm in a lot of times is because my desire ain't where it ought to be I don't really want to be known, I don't want to pray. If any man lack wisdom, let he ask. Let him ask. It's simple. It's that way. It's it's that simple for the taking. Now it ain't you. Ain't got to go through some secret society order to get your prayer answered to God. You ain't got to know no secret code to get your prayer answered by God. But you do need to ask. You do need to ask. I believe James said something like this, brother son, in the next little while, next few chapters. He said, You have not because you ask not. In other words, that we don't have what we need because we're not asking God. Well, I did ask him. He just ain't he ain't asked. When did he say give up and quit? 
I went and asked him one time and I ain't got it yet. It don't work that way. Sometimes it does. Sometimes all you got to do is ask one time and it's right there. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like that old woman that went before that wicked king. That she kept on coming and she kept on coming and she kept on coming. And because she wearied him, it wasn't because he was a good king, but because she wearied him, he granted her petition. Because she kept coming. If any man lacked wisdom, listen what he said, let him ask. While there's a great need for wisdom, there must be enough desire to ask for it. If we really want to be wise, if we really want wisdom, if we really want God to use our yes, in, in our life, then, then we really need to be asking God, why do we find ourselves lacking desire? You might ought to get your pencil out and write this, this statement down. And I'm being facetious again, but I'm going to tell you this. Why do we find ourselves lacking desire? It's because we're satisfied with our spiritual state. If you're outside of the will of God, if you're walking afar off, you're just where you want to be. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's, that's profound, isn't it? You're right where you want to be with God tonight. You're walking right there where you want to be. You're as close to Him as what you desire to be. Wisdom is the only thing that can help us see ourselves as deficient in desire. God help us that we could see that if we were wise enough that we would see it's not anyone else's problem, it's not anyone else's fault, that we're not where we need to be with God. I love to blame it on you. You love to blame it on me. We love to blame it on one another. I love to blame it on my wife. My wife loves to blame it on me. I love to blame it on Brother Philip. Brother Philip loves to blame it on me. But I'm where I am spiritually tonight because it's where I desire to be. And friend, you you mark it down. You're where you are spiritually tonight because that's where you want to be. It's where you want to be. It's where you've anchored. It's where you've settled down. You've spent more time there. It's the easy place for you. In order to get where you need to be with God, it takes you out of your comfort zone. It takes you away from doing the things that you enjoy doing that feeds your flesh. It takes you out from in front of the television. It takes you out from in front of the cell phone. It takes you out from in front of the things that you got no business doing. And it puts you in front of the Word of God. And it puts you nearer to Him. It puts you on your knees. It puts you in the book. It puts you in the house of God. It puts you where you're going to do the most good and where you're going to receive the most good. <laughs> you're right where you want to be. You're walking as near to God as what you're preacher. I want to be so close to you know how many times we hear that? You know how many times we say that? Raise your hand on up because all of you are guilty of it. How many times I'll say, oh, I want to be closer to God, you liar. You liar. If you want to be, you'll get there. 
That's tough, I know. But I don't know no other way to put it, friend. And just to the fact that you're where you are because that's where you're most comfortable being. Wisdom is the only thing that can help us see ourselves as being deficient. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 2, the Bible says this. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. You know what desire does? Uh oh. Desire influences faithfulness. I don't always feel like going to church. <laughs> Y'all can at least nod your head. I don't always feel like going to the house of God, but I always need to be here. I never have come when I and left and said it wasn't good for me to be at God's house. I may leave like I left this morning feeling like a, a dot on a log and like a, a hill, but I can tell you, it didn't hurt me for being here. It was good for me to be in the house of God. Hey, listen, desire influences our faithfulness. Desire influences our family life. What kind of family you got? I'm fixing to say something. We fixing to get down the road to rubber meets the road, okay? Let's face it. There's times that me and her get at odds with one another. Y'all listen, I'm trying to fix the hippie. There's times that we, we get in odds with, with our, in odds with one another. And it, you want, most of the time, or hundred percent of the time, it's because one of our wheels is more important than the will of God. Y'all with me? It's because one of our wheels, my will gets to be more important than what than what my than what being in fellowship with my wife is, or her will gets to be more important than what being in fellowship with a uh, with, with God is. You know, my will be, begins to be, uh, be to me, begins to mean more to me than 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 anything about God. Because when me and her at odds together, my prayers, according to what the Scripture said, my prayers are hindered. All I got to go on is the book. Now you listen to me and you listen real good tonight. I want to help us everyone. Desire influences your family life. If you want to get along with one another, you will get along with one another. Whoop, y'all hear? If you desire to, I'm talking about both of you. Now, as long as one's desiring and one ain't, it ain't gonna, it, it ain't gonna help. But if you desire to, then, it's, then, then you know what's gonna happen? You'll get the help you need. You'll be able to look over the faults. I look over all her faults. And she looks over both of mine. <laughs> Y'all know better than that, don't you? I'm glad, I'm glad she is able to look over my insufficiencies because I have a number of them. And I'm glad she's still able to, to love me and still able to... And, and there's times we, we'll discuss some things and she's not always right regardless of what most of y'all think. 
sometimes she's wrong. But we've, we have learned this through the years that, that by the help of God, if we're wise enough, if we've got wisdom, and if we'll allow that wisdom of God to, to build up in our life, and we'll let them past failures teach us something, if we'll let those past problems teach us something, it'll teach us that we don't want to be back there again in real bad situations and times. We don't want to be back there in, in times where we weren't in fellowship with one another. We don't want to be back there. That's wisdom. Wisdom is a, has brought us to that place. I'm not telling you we make a hundred today. I'm telling you we don't strike out near about as much as what we used to. Wisdom, wisdom of influence and desire influences your your. Your family life. If you want your family life to be good, it'll be good. You listen to me? Brother Bradley, if you want your family life to be good, it'll be good as long as you and Sister Rebecca agree to it together. Brother Philip, you and Sister Doreen will agree to your family life being together, being good, and y'all agree to that and y'all work in that direction. You know what? God will give you the grace that your family life will be, it'll be just right. But it takes desire. Brother Silas, you and Miss Tina, brother, brother Jimmy, you and Sister Ann, if it's going, brother, brother Mark, Sister Kayla ain't here, bless her heart, and I ain't seen too many of her faults, but I know yours. I know this. If there's desire, then it'll work out. If there's not desire, you're fighting a losing battle. Desire influences our faithfulness. Desire influences our family life. Desire influences our prayer life. I mean, how much time do you spend in prayer? Can I ask you truthfully, God help me, this puts me under conviction so bad right here. Can I ask you this? It's over. Hold on a second. How many of you spend more time here than you do here? How many of us spend more time on some kind of device more than we do with the divine? Preacher, you meddling. I know it. It feels good right now. If you're rejecting this right now, you know why? Because there's a lack of wisdom. But if you'll embrace this, it'll help you. Desire will influence your study time. Listen to this. Desire influences our application of the Word of God. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is seen. If we know what the Bible teaches and we know what God says, 
and we do not practice it in our life, it's because we have a lack of desire to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. You don't ask without desire. You have not because you ask not. And you're asking not because you don't desire to have it. We'd like to have it as long as somebody give it to us. And God said, I'll give it to you if you'll ask for it. But we're too sorry to ask for it. Ain't that simple? An application, the taking of the Word of God, allowing God's Word to move things out. And I don't know why I'm staying here so much here lately, but it's just him. God's got me here every time I turn around. Move things out. Look at things in our life. God, God teaches us something about His Word. And we put up those borders. And we put up those walls. And we put up those boundaries. And we say, God, you cannot have that part. I'm not giving that up. It's because you don't desire to. And your desires are not toward God. 36 years ago, next month, I believe, me and her got married. And uh, we got married. You know what my desire was? To do everything that pleased her. I'm serious. I wanted to be, I wanted her to, I wanted her to be pleased with me. I wanted to be pleasing to her. And I put every, there was times I put every bit of my attention in order that she'd be pleased. In our courtship I did too. Son, I wanted her not to think of anybody else but me. That was my desire. I desired her. God help us that we could desire God and His business. We could desire the Word of God and allow God's Word to change our lives. Desire influences our application to the Word. Desire influences the path we travel. Desire influences our spiritual perception. You see, without wisdom, we lose sight of God's divine, or God's divers, divers things that we go through, trials. We lose sight of God during different temptations without wisdom you say what do you mean by that well I, I thought about as I was studying I thought about what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse number 16 remember that's where he said Alexander the coppersmith done me much evil and the Lord reward him according to his works and he said there in verse 16 at my first answer 
no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. That was his perception without wisdom. I'm not telling you Paul was not a wise man because he was, but wisdom had to be applied. In verse number 17, we find wisdom being applied. He said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. You see, what happened at that time was that, 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 that Paul began to understand that my flesh says that no man stood with me. But then God enlightened me, and the wisdom I know that God will never leave me nor forsake me. And the reason I made it through the trial that I was going through, the reason I made it through the trouble I was facing, it, it wasn't because I was strong enough to make it on my own, but it was because that the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. When I'm facing things that I don't think I can face, God will stand with me. May God generate enough dissatisfaction in our life, about our lives, that we desire the treasures that God offers us. When we get sick and tired of being dissatisfied with our spirituality. When you get sick and tired of walking, feeling like you're alone. When you get sick and tired of wondering if God's hearing your prayers. When you get sick and tired of walking and following the Lord afar off like Peter did all the way to the Sanhedrin. When you get tired of following in that direction and in that way, when we come to ourselves and realize that we need to be nearer, we'll have a greater desire to be what God wants us to be. We'll pray more. The church, let me tell you, church, today, I'm afraid. I, I, I've witnessed over the past three or four years. I've witnessed, and I'm not, I'm not belittling. Y'all know that I'm telling the truth. And those of you that's been here any length of time, you know what I'm saying. I've watched the fire uh, be, begin to burn out. I've watched things begin to go downhill. I've watched the spirituality of the church begin to dwindle. I know that, we've, uh, uh, that I, I wouldn't rather be nowhere in this world, but I can tell you what. I'd rather go back to old-time religion and go back to the old time way where the Holy Ghost of God has his way in the church where men's hearts are stirred where, where, where we'll get our, our shout back and our praise and our tears back and we won't be ashamed of the altar and we'll run there and we'll get, I'm not talking about just two or three, I'm talking about the saints of God, one more time getting a burden and a desire for the things of God it's good to say amen. Thank you for saying amen. But amen ain't getting you on this altar. It's got to do about desire. We'll do it one service. We'll say, ooh, boy, it was good, wasn't it? And then you'll go through a dry spell. What's happened to us? I can tell you, Brother Philip, what's happened. It's our desire. It's Laodicea, like I said this morning. It's Laodicea has swept in. We're rich and increased with goods. We got, we, woo, we got a big slide. I wish if that thing's going to hinder us, I hope God blows it up down there. I hope he blows it out of the ground and we never get to put a building on it. You say, that's hateful, preacher. No, it ain't hateful. I would rather have the power in the house of God than I had all the new buildings that money could buy. It's about desire. If any man lack... Let him ask. You don't ask without having a desire. You don't ask without desiring it. 
Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 7 said, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. <laughs> wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. We see the discovery. We've seen the desire. Number three, let's look for a moment at the divine. If any man, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask, notice this, of God. He even told us who to ask, didn't he? Told us where to go to because many have been brainwashed in the idea that God answers prayer on merits. They fail to approach God with open arms to freely receive what God's desire is to give them. How many times do we fail to do what it is that we need to do? We fail to seek the will of God and the ways of God. How many times is it that we, that we fail to, to, to go about the business of just, of that, just letting God have the preeminence in our life? Listen, because many of us have been brainwashed, we think that we've got to do certain things for God to merit us that we could that that we would be honor, we'd be worthy enough for Him to answer our prayer. You'll never get worthy. You'll never get worthy. It's not that you ever will be or ever can be worthy. God don't answer our prayer on worthiness. He answers our prayer on will. On His will. God's uh, arm doesn't need to be twisted. Or His will don't need to be altered. All that needs to happen is we need to approach Him in faith. Ain't that something? If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. Our Heavenly Father desires to give, and He delights in it. He desires. Listen to me. Listen, y'all. He desires for us to have wisdom. He desires for us to be holy. He desires for us to be in unity. He desires for us to be spiritual. He desires for us to be mature in God. And all we have to do is ask in faith. That is so simple that it seems profound. That is so simple. And I wonder how many of us really believe that. We'll shake our head and say amen, but I really wonder how many of us really believe that all that, was, that really is lacking is, is our faith. Our Heavenly Father desires to give us. We see the discovery, the desire, we see the divine. Number four, and I'll be done. We see the distribution. The Bible said... If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth, listen to this, giveth to all men liberally. The distribution. He giveth. There's the spectrum. Who does he give it to? The spectrum of it is he gives to all men. To all men. The Bible plainly tells us, Psalmist said that <clears throat> the Lord reigns on the just and the unjust. Ain't that what he said? You know how come the lost person 
You know how come the lost person is, is surviving right now? You know how come they're breathing and able to go right now? It's because God's given them permission to, to draw air into their lungs. You know how come those of you tonight that are here that's lost, you know why you ain't in hell tonight? It's because the mercy of God has one more time reached down and has given you the opportunity to live apart from Him. And He is the one that's given permission for every time you draw a breath of air into your lungs. It's because of God. It's because of God and Him alone. The distribution is that He giveth to all men, not just a few. Only our, our obeying in faith has limited our ability to receive what God has for us. It's only our, our, our obeying in faith that limits us. It's not God's power. It's not our merit. It's not that we're not a preacher. It's not that we're not good enough. It's only our faith that limits us. Faith is the substance or is the fuel. Let me put it like that. I ain't going to tell you. Faith is the fuel that, that propels our prayers to the ears of God. Faith is the fuel that carries it there. Faith is what causes our prayers to be heard. Faith is what causes God to answer our prayer. Remember Wednesday night where we had that anointing service for Sister Esther. The prayer of faith, it wasn't the anointing of oil. It wasn't the laying on of hands. It was not my prayer, but it was the prayer of faith that will make a difference. Let me assure you today, listen friend, it's the prayers of faith going up that's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to make a difference in your home. It's going to make a difference in your walk with God. And those of you that's lost, it's going to be the prayer of faith it's going to get you to the place where you can get born again and where you will get born again. When you ask believing, God will save you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We see the spectrum of the distribution, the spectrum of who they distributed, distributed to. And these, we see the sufficiency. How much? How much will he give? <laughs> we see the sufficiency. Look here. Let him ask, God, ask of God that giveth to all men. How? Liberally. Giveth to all men liberally. God gives a bountiful manner with no strings attached. Ain't that something? God will give you wisdom. He'll give you the wisdom you need without any strings being attached. You just, you just ask for it and you get it and you apply it and you use it for Him. God will give it to you. He has no limitations on it, brother son. Remember what Solomon asked for when he could have asked for everything. He could have asked for all the wealth and the riches in the world. He could have asked for everything, uh, all the money that he could have. Uh, but let him, when he can, he can get, let him get wisdom. He got wisdom. And when he got wisdom, all the rest was given to him. Let me assure you that what we need today is we need godly wisdom in our homes, in our churches, in your pew where you're sitting tonight. There needs to be godly wisdom. There's plenty of it. Wisdom is ours if we'll ask in faith. The question is, do we desire it? Do we desire wisdom this evening? Do you desire godliness?
you desire holiness. Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. How many of us have a desire for God? When I was just a, I was a senior in high school when Angel and I began courting. And uh, I know it was young. I was 17, she was 15. But my desire was for her, Brother Bradley. And most of the time, she was what was on my mind. Most of the time, she was all I thought about. She and I, I think, was an item for about four years, like that, three or four years before we got married, three and a half years before we got married. And for the biggest part of that time, Brother Mike, she was what was on my mind. I'm not saying I didn't have God on my mind because I did at times, but I'm going to tell you, I was probably thinking about her a lot more than I was about God. I know that sounds real carnal. It probably was real carnal. But if we could apply that good desire to God, if we could apply that kind of desire to loving Him, wanting Him, wanting to be in His presence, wanting to feel His touch, Wanting to hear his word. Just wanting God. 